fight I don't need your money I want your life And I hear you say That I'm coming back soon But you act like I'll never Well, you speak of grace and my love so sweet How you thrive on milk but reject my meat And I can't help weeping at how it will be If you keep on ignoring my word Well you pray to prosper and succeed but your flesh is Hi, this is Brent White. It's Friday, February 9th, and this is devotional podcast number 13. One of the highlights of my convalescence from the flu this past week was listening to Keith Green's 1978 album, No Compromise. I played a song on my podcast last time from that album, and here is another song. This one's called To Obey Is Better Than Sacrifice. While I was listening to this song, I was reading the liner notes to the album, and Green offered special thanks to various contributors to the record. To his wife, Melody, he included this poignant detail. Special thanks to Melody, my wife, for encouragement, rebuking in love, and having our baby, Josiah David. This was late 1978. In July 1982, that baby, Josiah, now three, would be dead, along with his little sister Bethany and his father. They were killed in a private plane crash while Green was conducting business related to his ministry. Keith Green was 28. And just like that, the life of this incredibly talented singer-songwriter, a musician whose first album Bob Dylan hailed as his all-time favorite, along with the lives of two of his young children, were snuffed out. Just like that. In the song I played on Tuesday, Make My Life a Prayer to You, Green sang the following, I want to die and let you give your life to me so I might live and share the hope you gave to me, the love that set me free. Of course, when he sang those lyrics, he meant that he wanted to die to his old self, the the old man that was crucified with Christ, as Paul says in Romans 6. He meant he wanted to lose his life for Christ's sake so that he might find new, eternal, and abundant life. In a way, his deepest desire came true in July 1982. He and his two children and everyone else who died in that plane crash are at this moment experiencing a kind of life that we can only dream of, a life that's waiting for all of us who are in Christ on the other side of heaven. C.S. Lewis once said, 
that every deathbed is a monument to a petition that wasn't granted. What he meant was that nearly every time someone dies, there's somebody else, a family member, a friend, a spouse, praying that that person would be healed, that that person would live. And I get Lewis's point. Unless the second coming happens first, God will always answer that prayer by saying no. As much as I love Lewis, and no one could accuse me of not loving C.S. Lewis, God only says no so that he can say an infinitely deeper yes, an eternal yes. You want healing? You've got it. You want life? You'll have it more abundantly than ever. You want me? <laughs> Let me hold you in my arms, son. Let me hold you in my arms, daughter. You're safe now. This is why Paul says that we Christians do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. When I preach funerals these days for people who I know were believers, I often ask the congregation to imagine what that person would say to us if he or she were here with us right now. And I often point out that I make a living talking about God, talking about his son Jesus, talking about his grace, his love, his glory. It's what I do. I'm a pastor. But whatever I think I know right now about these things, it's baby talk compared to what this person who now lives directly in God's presence knows. It's baby talk by comparison. From my perspective, it's so obvious what our departed loved ones would say, isn't it? They would say, don't waste your life on lesser things. Dedicate your life. Give everything. Sacrifice everything if necessary to pursuing and loving and pleasing and glorifying God and following his son Jesus wherever he leads. Be willing to say with the Apostle Paul, for Christ's sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Would we follow Christ with that same kind of dedication if, as with our brother Keith Green, it meant our death within a few short years? Or do we put heroes of the faith like Green in a special category. His example is too lofty for us, but we don't get it. There's just one category in which all of us Christians belong. If we are Christians at all, that means we sign our death warrant. It means we carry our cross, that instrument of torture and death, even if it leads us up that hill to Golgotha, for no servant is greater than his master. And even if it kills us physically, we are supposed to be okay with that, if that's what Jesus wants for us. Is that too extreme? Is that asking too much? If so, maybe being a Christian isn't for us. 
because Jesus asks his followers for nothing less. Green sings, To obey is better than sacrifice. I don't need your Sundays and Wednesday nights, because if you won't come to me every day, don't bother coming at all. When I, when I heard that lyric, I don't know, 20 years ago, I used to think, where's the grace? Where's the grace? Isn't that so perfectly Methodist of me to ask that question? Where's the grace? How about, instead of asking where's the grace, we sinful Christians ask ourselves, where's the contrition? Where's the confession of sin? Where's the repentance? Lord Jesus, forgive me for failing to give you everything, for failing to come to you every day. When we confess our sins and repent, by all means, God's grace will be there. But why should we expect it a moment before that? Brothers and sisters, Jesus wants everything we have. Do we believe that if we give him everything, it will be worth it? If not, why not? And if so, what's stopping us? I don't need your money, I want your life And I hear you say that I'm coming back soon But you act like I'll never return Well, you speak of grace and my love so how you thrive on milk but reject my meat and I can't help weeping at how it will be if you keep on ignoring my word well you pray to prosper The flesh is something I just can't I want heart.
hearts of fire, not your prayers of ice, and I'm coming. 